Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, mom of two, homeschooler, speech and language pathologist by day, superheroes by night. I'm here to answer all of your questions pertaining to your child's play, language, and overall developmental skills as it pertains to speech and language pathology. So listen up, me and a friend were having the conversation and it came up, how do you balance play and structured learning? And the conversation went on and on and on and on for hours. And we came up with all these wonderful ideas because she just thought that play should look like sitting down at a table, forcing this child (laughs) to do (laughs) pre-academic things, colors, numbers, and shapes. By the end of our conversation, not only was she tasked with trying to approach structured learning in a play-based manner, she felt so much more confident about what she could do. So listen up, parents. I want you guys to know, for one, play is the perfect time to mess around and get all kinds of structured learning in there and your child doesn't know. They have no idea that you're teaching them stuff. All they know is that mommy or daddy are sitting down with them to play. And usually that's all they really want. All you gotta do are a few little tweaks to just get the ball rolling, be intentional about what you're trying to get in there. And I promise you, you will probably get so much more out of your little one during that time of playing with them and sneaking in some stuff versus trying to force them to tell you what color is that block because you're gonna lose them, they're gonna lose you, and then you guys are gonna be frustrated looking at each other and then you're gonna be trying to diagnose your poor kid and say they have attention issues when they don't, they just really want you to play with them. So this is, (laughs) this really happens, it really happens, this is a real thing. So don't be offended people because everybody's been there. The only reason why I know a little bit better is just because one, My life as a speech pathologist is devoted to early intervention, that population between 18 to 36 months. And two, I'm a mama, so I've been there and and I've even learned that some of my stuff, I have to be really creative on how I get what I wanna get out of the little ones. You can use what your child is doing during play to teach concepts. So say for example, your little one is on the floor and they've got cars out. I love cars. Cars are amazing, especially little boys seem to gravitate towards cars and usually they're the hardest ones to get at during play because whatever they're doing during play seems way more important than whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish during that time. So let's say that they have the cars and they're crashing them together. Boom, 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 crash, crash, crash. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. They're crashing the cars together. But you notice five minutes later, they're still crashing these cars together. And maybe you wanna know, does my baby know their colors the way that I think they know their colors? So during that time, just kind of ease in into play. Make sure, parent, that you are facing them face to face. Don't come and sit behind them. Either sit at them at 90 degrees or sit face to face where you're able to look at them and just kind of get in there. Don't snatch the toy. Snatching the toy, bad idea. If you snatch the toy, you're gonna lose a friend. You're not gonna get anything out of them. But if you sit there and you kind of just start narrating what they're doing, oh my gosh, blue car is hitting red car. Red car is hitting blue car. Oh my gosh, blue car went flying in the air and then it came down, went boom. It's a catastrophe. That's interesting, right? You're probably gonna catch their attention by narrating that, you're gonna be way more exciting than I sounded in that moment. But that's what you're gonna do, right? And you're gonna notice as you're saying that, 
your child's going to automatically, they should automatically, most children, should I say, will automatically start mocking what you're saying or imitating what you're saying, or even better, using those labels and using them appropriately, right? Yeah, 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 red car's going up, and then it went boom, and then it went around the corner, and all that great stuff happened, and you're a part of that, right? So now you know that they know if they're holding on to red car while they're saying it, that red car is red car, and then if they start talking about blue car, then they know blue car is blue car. It's that simple, right? If you want to know something a little bit more complex, maybe you're like, I want to know if um, not only do they know the color of the car, maybe I want to know uh, if they know their numbers, how many numbers they know. So during that time, maybe you'll take red car and they still got blue car and you'll add in orange car. Oh my gosh, red car and blue car, one red car, two blue car, three orange car. Should we add another car to the race or to the crash? And then you add another car. Oh, here comes purple car, number four. And then you can just go at it. Okay, here we go. Here's car number one, two, three, four. Let's go at it, crash and bang, go boom, right? Keep doing that and all of a sudden, they'll be doing it with you. And guess what? You didn't have to pull out a flashcard. You didn't have to ask them any questions. All you had to do was just play with them. Simple as that. So now let's say you have a kiddo who likes more movement activities, right? So we can use a bouncy ball as an example. And if you have a little one who loves playing throw the ball at you or, you know, back and forth kind of play catch, I catch, you catch, um, you can definitely get structured learning out of that. You can get actions out of that, right? So if your little one tosses the ball at you, when it's your turn, you take the ball, you're holding it in your hand, you don't take a lot of time. If you take a lot of time, if there's too much time in between you and getting that ball back to your little one, you're gonna lose them. Um, you have to remember, they're still building up attention, they're still building up those play skills, so you can't take a lot of time, but you can get in there something like, okay, I'm gonna roll the ball back to you, and they're probably gonna crack up. And then when they get the ball, and they, let's say, they throw it back at you and it bounces a little bit. Oh, you bounced the ball at me. Oh, am I going to roll it? Am I going to bounce it? Am I going to, I'm going to, and then you get the ball back to them, right? And so you're giving them, them the actions that not only you're doing, and they're going to expect that, but they're also learning about the actions that they're doing in the process. So then after a few times of doing that, you can start asking like, are you gonna roll it? Are you gonna bounce it? What are you gonna do? Is it gonna be big bounces? Is it gonna be little bounces? You can ask them that and they're gonna be totally into that because they think that they're like the ultimate trickster, just like you tricked them the first time around or the first few times around, right? Asking them about what they're gonna do that teaches actions. You can also, like I said, you can do tiny, you can do big, you could do small, but that's just after you get the concept down of what you're gonna do when you're engaging in that reciprocal play or that back and forth play. So again, there's no flashcard involved in that. It's just you with your little one, putting things in action, doing something they probably love to do and making it real to them. It's something about making play real to the little ones to where not only are they doing it, 
by touching it and feeling it, their brain catches on to that and they're able to make a connection, a different kind of connection than if you were just showing them a picture or just saying it to them or just asking them to, to you know, give you information back. You're making it tangible by throwing the ball and saying what you're doing and asking them to do it back. So it's really cool to engage in, in that kind of play. And not only that, you get totally cool mommy and daddy points by sitting down and playing with your little one. And if you wanna expand that, you can totally expand that. So if, again, you have a little one who likes movement and maybe they're on a trampoline and they're bouncing around on that trampoline take turns with it all right it's your turn I'm gonna do I'm, I'm gonna see you do really big hops and now it's my turn I'm gonna do tiny slow hops and you go back and forth with that okay this time I'm gonna do super gigantic bounces and it's gonna be amazing and you're gonna be amazing and we're gonna be amazing together. But again, the point is you just wanna take out the time to be a little bit intentional about what it is that you're trying to get at them or get into them while you're playing with them. And so there's no need to quiz them on that because not only are you giving them the information and you're giving it to them while they're doing it, they'll be able to give it right back to you and tell you exactly what they're doing. Um, and it's a lot less stressful for both of you guys. There's no pause and wait. Like if I asked you, what does a bounce look like? And you're just looking at each other. Well, what if your kiddo doesn't want to bounce in that moment? What if they don't want to perform? It's not uncommon for me to hear from parents like, well, I ask them this information and they won't give it back. But when I ask them in another setting, they tell me. And that's because for them, they don't want to be quizzed all the time. And you have to imagine that you don't want to be quizzed all the time either. You don't want somebody always testing your content knowledge, right? And you certainly don't want anybody testing your content knowledge while you're supposed to be having fun. Can you imagine being out with a group of friends at dinner and somebody starts asking you on the spot, all kinds of drill questions about your work and your home life and maybe they take it back to academia and start asking you about hypotenuse and asking you about I don't know uh, a plus a square plus b square plus c square like nobody wants to be drilled or questioned all the time to prove what they do or don't know and little ones are exactly the same way like they don't want to be challenged during their play to put on display what they do or don't know. They want it to be engaging just like as adults, we want things to be engaging when we're talking about what we do and don't know. We want it to be a conversation and we certainly don't want it to be a quiz to showcase our knowledge. It's, you know, in some cases, some kids do great with that and, and love that kind of stuff. But I always end up with the kiddos who don't love that kind of stuff and get a little bit of performance anxiety and parents equate that to, well, they don't know, or they don't, and that's not true. It's just the method in which it's being gone about is not quite meeting your little one where um, they wanna be met at. So if you make it a little bit more engaging for them and a little bit more fun with them, especially again, during play, um, they are going to be extremely excited about what it is that not only are they showcasing, but that what they're doing with you because it's interactive and it's just a lot more fun. My other example is dolls and action figures. And the reason that I say dolls 
and action figures is because I don't want to be gender specific. I want both boys and girls to be able to take advantage of the opportunity to play with figurines. And the reason why is because you can get so much out of play when using figures, right? You can work on body parts. You can work on action. You can work on social scenarios. It's it's really cool. Like your possibilities are really in, endless when dealing with dolls and action figures. Um, you can make it gender specific if you want to. Uh, maybe the little girl is brushing Dolly's hair and feeding her. Um, I've done that with both little girls and little boys, teaching them how to eat. Again, that's another action. Um, playing dress up. So you can go on and on and on and on and on. You can also work on different professions. Oh my goodness, the doctor is working on fixing the patient. They got an owie. Let's fix their finger, right? Um, that's an indirect way of teaching them body parts without saying, where's your finger? Show me your finger. You can also do, oh my goodness, baby's eye. She needs glasses. Let's put some glasses on baby or let's uh, let's fix baby's foot. She got an owie or baby's walk, walk, walking. Where is she walking? She's walking to the grocery store. Why is she walking to the grocery store? Maybe because she wants to get some food. We can start talking about different fruits and vegetables um, and what maybe baby is going to make for dinner. You're going to make baby for dinner for that matter. And that can happen with um, action figures as well because action figures need to eat too. If it's a dinosaur, look at dinosaur. He's so big. He's an herbivore maybe and he's going up the tree and he's going to eat all the leaves on the tree. Uh-oh, but here comes T-Rex. T-Rex is a meat eater. So what are some things that T-Rex may want to eat so again you can really get language in there by scripting the play without scripting the play but just going along with what you see your child doing if the dinosaur is going through the forest and he's and he's about to attack everybody oh no if the dinosaur is about to attack we better have a medic on hand because somebody's gonna get hurt right um so that's that's another thing that you can do with dinosaur and it's a way to where you can not only get into your little one's play but you can integrate different concepts into what they're already doing baby doll's hair is all over the place oh we need a, we need to find a brush and fast let's brush her hair what does brushing her hair look like you know it, it's it's really it's pretty simple once you get into the groove of it. The hardest part is really just getting into the groove of it and not feeling like you are um, intruding on your child's play and really feeling like you're taking what they're doing and just adding a little bit to it. And it, it gives you the ability to shift from where is to basically organically teaching them these skills that we would expect them to be taught, especially for our little ones who are in preschools, chances are they've already had a pretty structured day. And so the last thing that you want to do is give them school after school. That's burnout. Like, do you want to go from work, come home and go to more work? I mean, some people do. My husband does it. Don't ask. I, I don't know how he does it. He does like 15, 16 hour days going from work to work. He, he keeps a project. But most people who are not like my husband and keeps things insanely busy, most people don't want to go from work to work. In most cases, 18 to 36 month old 
schoolagers do not want to go from work to work. So it's really important for you families out there. Just my suggestion. You can do what you want to do, but it's just my suggestion to be a little intentional about that time that you have with them because they've been working all day and they've been doing all day and they've been performing all day. And teacher said, come here and sit down for circle time. And then teacher set up and let, let's let's play, paint this picture. And then teacher told me to go outside and play. And teacher told me to recite these letters. They don't want to do that at home. Like most kids, I mean, don't write me and say like my kid does that and they do great. I'm, I'm glad for you and your child. I'm sure they're amazing and they probably do wonderful things. And again, remember, that's your baby's learning style. But most of the kiddos that I come across are not extremely excited about going from work to work. So try to make sure that you're not giving them more work on top of work, on top of work. Let them have that time to be a toddler. It's fun. Toddler is fun. They have no inhibitions. Everything is learning. Like that time should be fun. And honestly, mom and dad, it should be fun for you guys too. It should be a whole lot of fun for you guys because the stuff that toddlers say and do, I have so many stories about the funny stuff they come up with during play. And you'd be surprised what they come up with during that time or they say, and you don't even know that they knew that. And that's being a parent <laughs> and being a clinician for almost a decade that kids will say some stuff and you had no idea that they knew that. And not only that, where did they get that from? So I would try, I would try my hardest to make it fun. Don't ask too many questions and just get yourself in there, get, get involved and let your inhibitions go. I know what I'm suggesting and what I'm asking is hard for most people to really just get in there and figure out where do I even start? Uh, you just start where your little one is. If you see them on the ground, get in there and follow their lead. And, and you'll hear me talk about following your child's lead a lot. You do not, you do not in most cases want to come in and take over the play or try to make what they're doing seem like it's less important than what you're trying to get them to do. So for example, if your little one was playing with blocks and they were stacking them up and you came in and said, I want to build a castle, let's build this castle instead. Okay, well, you just kind of discounted <laughs> what they were doing. And so you want to try to stay away from doing that. Instead, just get in there and start stacking those blocks. And if you want to throw some colors or some numbers in there, oh, one block, two block, three block going up, or blue block, yellow block, orange block, however it is, whatever it is, just try not to take over. Just make sure that you're getting in there and talk about what they're doing. Talk about it with them and, and, also know that you don't have to fill every minute with words. Sometimes play can be you guys sitting side by side and doing things together and accomplishing amazing things without you feeling like both of you guys have to talk the entire time, especially if your kiddo is not a big talker. My daughter is a big talker. She talks all the time. She started talking really young and that's her style, her communication style, right? But my son, not so much. You have to really engage him and he doesn't want to talk all the time. He just wants you to do and he wants you to do your thing and he wants to do his thing and he's getting a lot out of it. Both of them get a lot out of it. So 
that's that's my tip to you guys is just make sure to be comfortable with who your child is their communication style whether they talk a lot or talk a little whether you know you need to take a back seat in talking and let them do all the talking and just interject a little bit or if you need to say a little bit and try to expand on what they're already saying during that playtime. Here are our takeaways for today. Our takeaways is that our toddlers need more unstructured playtime, especially the ones who are in a preschool or daycare setting versus a toddler who's at home with a stay-at-home parent or a stay-at-home caregiver. Being able to use play as a means to teach gives them so much more than sitting down and uh, drilling with them. You just give them opportunities to learn in a more natural way and they're more likely to generalize the information that they learn from you versus what they learn from a card or what they learn from you asking them concrete information. You wanna try to find that, that happy space between like the abstract and the concrete. The play is the abstract. You sneak in the concrete items or the concrete objectives, which are the structured learning task, right? Don't treat play as your test time. Of course, you want to know what your toddler knows. That's natural. Everybody wants to make sure that their toddler is meeting milestones. And it's totally appropriate to know if your toddler is meeting age appropriate milestones. But just try to make it more conversational because out of a conversation, you get more information. If you're asking direct questions, more likely than not, you're going to get a direct answer and no real expansion on what your toddler really knows versus if you guys are communicating back and forth and it's more of a reciprocal conversation, then you're probably going to get a, a lot more out of them and, and just make sure that it's fun when you're doing it and you don't have to be as animated as me. I know I'm pretty animated and some people are naturally <laughs> not as animated and they still get the job done. I've seen it. Um, and don't be hard on yourself. I've said this before. Don't be super hard on yourself. If you think that they didn't get it the first time, they're still learning. If they didn't get that red was red the first time, that's okay. That's why you're you're down there with them and playing with them and doing stuff with them so they can get it, especially if you find that it takes a little bit more time for your child to get that concrete information. Some people are naturally better at concrete learning and some people are naturally better at the more of the abstract learning, the more whimsical things and more of the philosophical thinkers and some people want to know that red is red and blue is blue and you know all that rote stuff and there's nothing wrong with either type of learning just know that some children do better at one type over the other and some kind of toggle in between I know I toggle in between I'm not too much of one and I'm not too much <laughs> of the other it's it's whatever's motivating for me I think <laughs> And, and remember to have fun. Your play should be so much fun. Not only should it be fun for them, it should be fun for you. Like you should enjoy what you're doing now down there and not be stressed out. Like play should not be a stressful thing. It shouldn't feel like another task. Like your toddler's only going to be a toddler once. You know, it took me, it didn't take me long to realize once my kids started hitting milestones, like that point in time was only going to happen one time. And I wanted to be really, really good at it 
that one time because I knew I didn't get a makeup. This isn't like a test in school to where you can do a redo. This is one time, like they have one time to be two. You have one time to be a, a parent to the best of your abilities. And you have one time to get down there in your life and enjoy play with each of your children and to just make it fun for you guys. And it's totally okay to follow their lead follow their lead. We don't have to control everything. You'd find that letting your inhibitions go and not feeling like you have to be in control of that play also allows them to let their inhibitions go and you get so much more out of them. Now that doesn't mean that we allow them to run amok and have toys going all over the place, but it does mean that you don't have to control every aspect of what they're doing and how they're doing it. The more you meet them where they are, the more they'll open up to you and meet you where you are. And that's when you guys will get the most out of that time together. I hope these suggestions are helpful for you and your little one. Please do not hesitate to reach out and ask your questions. There's no such thing as a silly question, rather an unanswered question. You can reach me at questions at I've got this And with a few tweaks every day, you too can maximize your child's speech, language and play skills. I know you're up for the challenge. Are you ready to step into amazing play? See you later, guys.